1: Hi, you're listening to episode 135 of the Blended Family Podcast. As you're listening to this, I'm actually away in New York, hopefully, enjoying time with my family. I pre recorded this for you so that you would still get a show, even though I'm out of town. I won't bore you with any announcements today. We can get right into the show. I'm bringing you an interview with an estate planner, which was a requested topic from my listener, Linda. I know we only touched briefly in estate planning in the other finance episodes, so this show today should answer any other questions you may have regarding estate planning. I hope you enjoy. I'm here today with Katie Brewer, CFP. Katie started Your Richest Life because she believes that every professional should have access to a financial planner. Katie helps clients alleviate their stress about money by helping them clarify their goals, identify and eliminate obstacles to those goals, and create a financial action plan to achieve them. Katie has accumulated over 10 years of experience working with clients and their money. She's no stranger to hard work as she pursued both her certified financial planner certification and her MBA while working full time. Katie has been quoted in articles in the New York Times, Forbes, Money, Lifehacker, and Real Simple, and she regularly blogs about financial planning topics, and she often speaks to groups about financial education. Welcome to the show, Katie. Katie. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Now, I know you have experience in all things financial, and we can talk about that a little later today. But right now, I want to focus on estate planning. I've had some requests from listeners to talk about it, and I only touched on it briefly in the past. And I think it's an important topic to dig into a little deeper. So for those who don't know, can you explain exactly what estate planning is and why it's so important for people to consider? Yeah, um, well, I would say a lot of times
2: when people think of estate planning, they think of, like, who gets all of my money when I die? Um, And that is a part of estate planning. Um, But there are also really important things like, um, you know, pointing out who would be in charge of your, like, healthcare decisions and who would be in charge of your financial decisions if you weren't dead but you were in a coma. So there are some parts of estate planning that are actually life planning, um, and parts of estate planning that are addressing, you know, what would happen if you passed away.
1: Right. And I saw, I was looking on your website, you have lots of valuable information on there, but I especially liked one of the blogs that you wrote, which I found there called Estate Planning for Young Families. And in that article, you outlined nine things to keep in mind when planning an estate. And I'd love for you to talk about those nine things for us.
2: Yeah. Um, so
1: that's something where it's like a,
2: at least a quick checklist of things that you kind of need to keep in mind as you create an estate plan. Um, so the first one is choosing guardians for your children. Uh, so that would essentially be if you're not around anymore, like who is actually going to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk a little bit more in depth on, you know, exactly how that works in a blended family um, a little bit later, but, you know, that's kind of the high level definition of it. Um, with, them, um, number two, it's make your wishes known, uh, with a will or a trust. So those are the two things that cover, you know, essentially what happens when you pass away. Um, and then a living will and the living will is essentially what happens if you're, you know, I kind of put it as like a vegetable. So, you know, if, if you're not really according to your definition, like living anymore, but you are physically there, like right. what would you want done? Um, Number three is consider who would manage your kids' finances. So just because somebody is responsible for um, like keeping them or raising them doesn't necessarily mean that that has to be the person that gets the purse strings, um, especially if it's your money. Uh, so you can actually designate somebody who would actually manage those finances. Um, number four, choosing an executor for your will or a trustee for your estate. So that's kind of the person who would actually be responsible for implementing the stuff that you've written out in your estate plan. So, it's kind of your your right-hand person um, if you passed away. Um, and then we've got naming the right beneficiaries. So, this is something that's kind of a common misconception is that, you know, well, once I write this piece of paper, then everything should be set, you know, as long as I signed it, I notarized it and all of that. Um, your property, a lot of times, and your, you know, kind of wishes go by your will or your trust. Um, but your retirement accounts and your life insurance goes go by beneficiary designations. So, for example, um, if you are somebody who got divorced two years ago and, you know, you changed your will and everything um, to reflect your current situation, but you forgot to go back and change your three retirement accounts and your ex-spouse is still on there, then guess who gets the money if you pass away, wow, um, your ex-spouse, wah, 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 we don't, exactly. don't want to do that because uh, <laughs> they're probably, an, unless you want them to be, in right. which case, like, hopefully you made that decision proactively instead of accidentally. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we've got appointing somebody else to make financial and health decisions if you can't. So that would be those power of attorneys. So, you've got like a financial power of attorney and a health power of attorney. And so, that's actually pertaining to you, not necessarily your kids or your spouse or anybody. That's, you know, if you are in a hospital in a coma, like who can actually come make decisions for you? Um, And same deal if you're in a hospital in a coma, like who can pay your bills for you, you know, while you're not able to do it yourself? Um, And then, you know, I've got kind of a section on there about, you know, it. Estate planning doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. Um, there are ways to put into place, you know, the basics. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of employee benefit programs through work that might offer like prepaid legal cost. Um, there are some places that even offer like a full up, like we'll just pay for estate planning wherever you decide to do it. So that's always a good a good thing to look into. Um, but even if you don't have that. There are attorneys out there that, you know, will kind of offer like a streamlined package for the basic documents that you need for a decent cost. And I always tell people it's, you know, it's either you do it now and you pay okay money to get it done correctly, or you're kind of pawning it off on your family that not only do they have to go through the hassle of, you know, missing you greatly, but also kind of unraveling the legal parts of it and probably spending a lot more money on the flip side, um, so kind of think of it as like prepaying for your family to not have to deal with the hassle, you know, right. if you're if you're not around anymore, um, and then getting life insurance. So you know, if you're designating somebody to take care of your kids, um, you want to make sure you're delivering those kiddos with, like, money (laughs) so that, you know, you're not like, hey, bestie, thanks for raising my kids. You get, like, two nickels to rub together. I hope that you have a really great job so that you can now support, you know, two extra children. Um, So, that's where life insurance comes into place, you know, to make sure that there's actually uh, funding there so that whoever is raising your kids or whoever's in charge of the money, like, actually has money to distribute Um, and then the last part in that article was just reviewing an estate, um, updating your estate plan over time. Just, you know, you might've made an estate plan 20 years ago, but if you had a three-year-old at that point in time, when you made the estate plan, they're probably of legal age now. So whatever you put into place when they were three might not be relevant when they're technically an adult. So you might want to revisit that, um, laws change, state laws might change. Um, and you might have you know, gotten divorced, gotten married, had another kid. Like All of those things are things where you might want to revisit your estate plan.
1: Right. Well, thank you for going over all of those. I know that was a lot of steps, but I thought that it was really important to kind of lay that out. And I know for the listeners, a lot of people don't like talking about this stuff, but it is necessary. I don't like talking about it either. But it's one of those things, if you don't talk about it, like Katie says, you're going to be left, you could be potentially left in a situation or leave your family in a situation that's very difficult. So um, just bear with us as we get all this out and then we will move along. Um, (laughs) You have another blog on your site called Estate Planning Lessons We Can Learn from Cinderella. And I really liked reading that one because it speaks to blended family situations. So can you talk about that blog a little bit?
2: Yeah. So in that particular one, I kind of talked about how um, Cinderella's father, you know, remarries and the stepmother, um, didn't get along with Cinderella, you know? So I guess father like, you know, plugged his ears and closed his eyes or something. Uh, <laughs> but, but essentially in that situation, like, you know, probably he should have designated somebody else, um, to raise Cinderella, Right. So, in that particular story, like, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, it's all great. Stepmother will take care of her, um, which, you know, we all know in real life, you would have seen beforehand probably the stepmom and the daughter didn't get along all that great. Right. Um, <laughs> so, in that story, you know, it, kind of the thought of it is that Cinderella's dad should have. Kind of recognized that and done estate planning to make sure that there was a guardian that was suitable for Cinderella. So, like, say Cinderella got along with her aunt Flo, (laughs) or you know, Aunt Peggy. Um, You know, that could have been something where it's like, okay, well, you know, in, in your estate documents, if the other parent isn't alive, maybe you put you know stipulations in there that at this age, you know, the child can decide between this person or this person or whoever I put in there can like have first right of refusal to not, you know, act as the guardian for that person. Um, so kind of the thought of that was like, what is a guardian? Like, how do you pick somebody? Um, why did Cinderella's dad kind of, Uh, mess up on his estate planning. (laughs) What can you do differently?
1: Well, it was very well written and I encourage all the listeners to go check out that blog on her site. Um, It was really good. And again, it's called Estate Planning Lessons We Can Learn from Cinderella. I really liked it. So let's talk about the difference of planning an estate for a blended family. I imagine it becomes much more complex. So what needs to be considered or structured differently with a blended family as opposed to a traditional family?
2: yeah there are um there are a lot of different things that go into play with a blended family. Um, so one is that there might be legal, you know agreements or documents in place from the divorce on custody. So who has physical custody, who has legal custody. And some of that will kind of bleed over into the estate planning. Um, and then you also have each state, um, unfortunately, has different laws on like how they, how they treat them. So, for example, um, here in Texas where I'm based out of, a lot of times, you know, the court, uh, if the primary parent passes away, they'll kind of look at, you know, uh, even if it's staying with the step-parent, what will be least disruptive to the child. So they might kind of, you know, lean a little bit more towards whoever has been raising the kid is probably like first in line for continuing to raise the kid. Where some other states might say, like, okay, well, whoever the the biological parent is should always have, like, first dibs at the kiddo. So some states tend to go one way or the other on that, um, which is why, you know, if if you are listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I haven't even thought about any of this. I definitely don't have documents. Um, this is kind of why it's so important to, like, start thinking through these things and then, you know get the legal counsel of somebody who's um, preferably a board-certified estate planning attorney.
1: Okay, good. And so you kind of answered my next question I was going to ask you about setting up a guardian and what do we do if the the one parent is alive? And so but you're kind of saying that you got to check in with your state and see what the laws are and kind of go by that. So that's that answers my question. Katie, in your experience, what have you seen happen when an estate plan is not properly established? What have you seen go wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, and
2: especially if you've got minor children, Um, and if a state plan is not, you know, necessarily set up all that well, um, it can create a lot of chaos for those kids because that's kind of putting the kids back into like a court and Mm -hmm. back into the state kind of determining the fate of who, who is raising them, who's, you know, is, is there money for them to live off of? If so, who's managing that money, um, and some of that can be decided through estate planning. Some of it is, you know, as I said, kind of dictated a little bit by state laws and by um, by like the legal documents you know from from a divorce.
1: So when is the right time to do this? Is it ever too late or too soon? or how do we know when we should do it, especially when we're forming a new blended family maybe? Yeah. Um, you
2: know, anytime that somebody gets divorced or gets remarried or has a kid or adopts a child, um, those are all really good times to revisit and look at estate planning. Um you know, so if if it's something where you maybe recently got married within like a year or two, um I mean, this is probably, you probably don't like tie the knot and then go, hey, let's talk about if one of us died. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But, you know, this is really important stuff because you, especially if you have kids, you want to shield them from being in the middle of a big custody battle. And especially if you, if they already had to go through it once, you know, you don't want them to have to go through that again, Um, stuff like that. So i I say it's never necessarily too soon. Um, There are like 22-year-old clients where I've told them they need to get an estate plan just because they need to get those power of attorneys set up Mm -hmm. so that somebody has, you know, the ability to make decisions for them. Um, And it's never really too late um, either. You know, there's always – there are always things that you can do to – Put it in place. I guess when it's too late, is if you're already dead, you can't really do anything at that point,
1: right? So now I know that a financial planner such as yourself can help with this. Can parents do this on their own using the steps you talked about, or is it necessary to hire a professional, or do you need an attorney? Yeah, so I always tell people that doing something is better
2: than nothing. Um, but if they're going to do this and check it off, you know, it's kind of a, my opinion that you might as well do it right. Um, as opposed to thinking that you did it right, and then having somebody else have to sort through it not being right. So there are so many different moving pieces to it. Um, you know, that I feel like if you go and kind of do your own off of an internet program, at least you did something. <laughs> like, right. at least it's better than you didn't do anything. Um, but at the same time, I've had multiple different estate planning attorneys tell me that they actually make quite a bit more money after somebody's passed away, trying to decipher and get through stuff that people have tried to put in place that they didn't do properly, Mm. as opposed to like what it costs to actually do it proactively.
1: Okay. So it's better off to just get it done the right way the first time and then not have to worry about it. Right. All right. I have a listener question that I'd like you to help me answer. It's from my listener, Linda. And she asks, I was listening to the finances podcast and estate planning was briefly mentioned. I would like information on estate planning specifically addressing guardianship of kids in a blended family. I've heard terrible stories of step parents losing their partner and then losing their stepkids as well with no rights to visit them. I do worry about this too. We want each of us to remain in our children's lives if we would pass away. We do not think either of our exes would go along with that. Also, we worry of leaving money to our ex to care for our bio kids if we died as well. We would want other people to manage those funds. The rules may vary per state. I think this is an emotional yet important topic. As an ER nurse, I see the unexpected tragedy all the time, so I think about this. So, Katie, what would you say here to Linda? Yeah, I mean, there are certain things that
2: you may have Total control over. There are certain things you might have partial control over, and there are certain things you might have no control over. So, for example, if um, if you and your ex-spouse have joint custody, um, you know both uh, joint legal custody, as well as you know the kids go back and forth, um, and you're in a state that kind of leans more towards kind of siding with the biological parent. There may or may not be anything that you can do as far as, like, if you passed away, who would raise the kids. But if it's your money, um, it's your money, you know. So, you can set up a will or a trust to appoint somebody else to handle money to be, um, like, for the benefit of your child. So, at least that is something where, like, you know, there shouldn't be custody issues necessarily with um, the monetary part, uh, unless there's like alimony owed or child support owed, which usually is not the case if you pass away.
1: Right. Okay. So let's talk about you for a moment. Aside from estate planning, which is something that you offer, tell us what else can you provide clients Yeah. So, um, I'm a financial planner and I'm a certified
2: financial planner. Um, and in doing that, there are kind of six major, you know, topics that we touch on. So that would be estate planning, which we kind of just chatted about. Um, I help out with like cash flow and budgeting. Um, I also help out with investments. So that's one of the six retirement planning, taxes, um, and insurance. So like life insurance or disability insurance or whatnot. Um, So that kind of allows me to look at like all the, a lot of different areas of somebody's financial life and a lot of them are integrated. Um, People might not think, you know, well, why the heck would my disability insurance have anything to do with when I can retire? Um, But it actually does because that's kind of planning for like the best case scenario and the worst case scenario and making sure that we kind of have any um, potholes mapped out (laughs) that we know where they are and, and what we have in place to address them.
1: Well, good. You sound like you definitely are a busy woman. Um, do you have any last words of advice or is there anything that you want to share that I may have missed? Um, not necessarily. I think, you know,
2: a lot of people are really scared of doing this because a, you don't want to think about what happens if you die. I mean, none of us want to think about that. Who sits around and, you know, joyously thinks about if they pass away, uh, usually nobody. Um, but it's something that, you know, it, everybody dies eventually yeah. <laughs> so until we can like, you know, cryogenically freeze ourselves and live forever. Um, the stuff is important and it's something that, especially when you have kids, it's, it's really, really important to make sure that you kind of do it for their sake, you know, for the sake of the people that you might leave behind. Um, so I would tell people like, don't be overwhelmed. You know, by estate planning, this is always something where you can put something in and then have another iteration of it later. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, having something is better than nothing. Using a board-certified estate planning attorney is probably better than writing on a piece of paper. Um, <laughs> but you know, just having something in place um, could really come into handy. You know, if if something happens to you and somebody else has to kind of take the reins.
1: Well, I agree, and especially with a blended family, there's so many moving parts, and so I think it's definitely important that it gets done the right way. And uh, that was wonderful advice, Katie. What's the best way to find you?
2: Yeah, um, my website is yourrichestlifeplanning.com, dot com, or if you don't want to type all of those letters out, you can go to the letter y r l planning dot com. Um, I'm also on Twitter. It's at Katie K a t i e y r l. Um, yeah, those are the best ways to find me.
1: Perfect. And I will go ahead and add your links in the show notes for the listeners. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about this with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Melissa. Listeners, I hope that you found some value in this conversation with Katie Brewer. Financial planning and estate planning is something that I myself haven't done yet, but it is in my very near future, especially after this talk today. And I encourage you all to do your research and think about estate planning for your blended family so that you can avoid a mess if something tragic should happen. And if you're looking for a financial planner, check out Katie's website, com. Feedback or questions can be sent to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. And as always, thanks for listening and have a fantastic week. Bye.